0: I just love seeing teams grow, and I love seeing uh, new people come in, and uh, seeing companies come in as one or two people, and then go to three, and go to six, and go to nine, and then they have to leave and go find their own office space.
1: This is Innovative Speak, a show about how innovators around the world are leading us into the workplace of the future. I'm Sarah Schlafly. Our guest today is Charlie Shaw. Charlie is the Director of Operations at Ecosystem, a nightclub, art gallery, and co-working space in San Francisco. Charlie also has experience with a previous co-working space in the Bay Area. We're so excited to have you here, Charlie. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: So before I get into ecosystem, I'm really curious to hear about your background because you have managed not one, not two, but three different co-working communities.
0: That's right. Um, So uh, when I moved out to San Francisco about uh, six years ago from uh, Providence, Rhode Island, I wasn't really sure um, really what direction I was going towards, was thinking about writing, was thinking about a lot of different career paths. And it was uh, around that time that I discovered co-working, a concept I had absolutely never heard of before. Um, it was completely foreign to me, but it was such a no-brainer, amazing concept and idea uh, that I really just fell in love with it and latched onto it. Um, and that was with the the company uh, NextSpace co-working. At that time, I was um, managing uh, or co-managing the uh, one of the spaces in... Downtown San Francisco, which was a really great place to start. Uh, being from an area that uh, wasn't really as plugged into the tech scene, or or um, or really just the the scene of of San Francisco in general. Uh, just being from a completely different environment, it was such a great intro uh, to how things uh, worked around here, um, professionally and socially. Uh, being able to work in that sort of downtown hub. Uh, then after that, I was. Um, transferred over to help run uh one of the other next space locations in berkeley uh that one i actually had the pleasure of helping to uh really build from the ground up uh literally um we were uh we were a brand new space uh, in downtown berkeley in a in a um renovated uh bank building so it was pretty cool we had a, oh, a nice. vault at a, as a conference room yeah all that stuff and i've seen that concept uh uh, repeated from other co-working spaces and it's just the banks are super cool uh for for co-working spaces old banks um anyway so i was there for a couple years and uh then uh san francisco was calling again and i uh, picked up a new position at a uh, ecosystem co-working where i am today uh and uh, this has been my third uh co-working endeavor and this one has been uh a really, really wonderful experience as well. And uh, really unique to uh, uh, sort of unlike anything I had ever done in the past.
1: That's cool that you've been able to see co-working from multiple different mm-hmm. companies. What did you learn through the past six years that was really surprising to you? What were some of your biggest challenges? And then lastly, how have you seen the industry evolve?
0: So I guess just the the diversity in moving from uh, you know a well established space that already had a lot of heart and a lot of love put into it by other folks before me, uh, and then transferring over to an uh, absolutely brand new space in Berkeley uh, that we really got to build um, that was really wonderful but also challenging in a way because uh, we kind of had to we kind of had to start from scratch we had to draw the blueprints and we had to really um, kind of figure out not just how to build a a functioning workspace, but a workspace that could really connect to the Berkeley uh, mindset, which is a little different from San Francisco. Uh, That was one of the biggest things that I learned uh, going from one co-working space to another is that you really have to read your neighborhood. You really have to know the people who are around you, um, not just uh, cookie-cutter uh, your spaces so that they're all the same from one city to another or even one district to another, you really have to uh have that uh, community mindset and sort of understand and respect the where you are uh so in terms of challenges and learning and growth, uh those are all kind of wrapped up into how I view community and coworking um it's a challenge to do it, um but it's a fun challenge and it's one that has really um, changed from space to space
1: what's a specific? example of one of the differences between the San Francisco location and then the Berkeley community.
0: When you're dealing with uh, San Francisco, uh, typically you've got a lot of transplants. You've got a lot of people from other parts of the world. um, And you have a lot of younger folks, not just necessarily their age, but also their experience as well. Um, Some people who are launching right into their, uh, their dreams or their chosen uh, profession and Uh, some folks who really have no idea what they're doing. Um, And a lot of them are, you know, living out of shared apartments with, you know, four or five other roommates. And, uh, you know, that creates a certain culture in itself, more of a nomadic type of culture. Whereas Berkeley, um, I found that we were really uh, dealing with sort of a live-in community. The folks there, a lot of them had lived there for years. We had more, I would say, more people who were well-ingrained in what they were doing, and we were providing a new workspace solution that they had never considered. So a lot of folks that just up until then had been working out of their home offices uh, for you know years and years, I think that was the biggest difference as well, was just the fact that as far as what we were providing as a service um, in San Francisco, it was sort of providing space to the spaceless, to people who really had nowhere else to go. Where in Berkeley, it would actually be kind of a challenge because some of these people had you know, larger spaces, living rooms, you know, areas where they could actually work out a home office. We had to convince them, or at least not convince them, but show them that the alternative where you can go to a space and engage with people uh, is always better than uh, working in an isolated atmosphere.
1: Yeah. I can see how that would be a bigger difference in marketing and the way the, the stories that you're having to tell and trying to coax people out of their homes.
0: Absolutely. And honestly, it was, Never that hard because really what we've always tried to do or what I've always tried to do regardless of um, the company or the space itself is create uh, an atmosphere that, that genuinely feels warm and welcoming in, in a very transparent way, I suppose. Just a uh, place that you go and you know that the people there actually care about you and your work and what you're doing um, and will engage you.
1: People can tell when it's genuine and not. Absolutely. Then in terms of the evolution of the industry, because you've been in it almost the start. So I'm curious to hear about what you've seen and how it's grown and changed.
0: Uh, when I first came into the game, it was still even around even around areas like San Francisco, a somewhat well-known, but still not necessarily a household name yet, the, the term co-working. And uh, since then it's really exploded. I mean, it's, it's, it's everywhere. I wouldn't even have imagined that, uh, this kind of a concept would make its way back to, you know, the areas in new England where I'm from, like the small towns and the small areas, you've got co-working spaces popping up here and there. You know, I certainly think that the emergence of, uh, the WeWork brand had a lot to do with that, uh, shining a light on the industry itself. Um, and doing so in a really highly publicized way, which is interesting. I just, I think that's, that's been a really interesting phenomenon in this, in this industry. Cause back when I started, uh, I think we had a lot of, uh, really close knit relationships with a lot of other younger, smaller, funky co-working spaces in the area. And, uh, I guess since then it's just naturally becoming maybe just more of a legitimate or legitimized industry.
1: Mm. It's it's becoming more recognized for sure, and even um, corporations are starting to use these co-working spaces for their remote employees.
0: Absolutely, that too has changed uh, dramatically. Um, actually, that's a great point. When beforehand we were really catering specifically to solo entrepreneurs, small businesses, you know, these days we've really been tapping more into the larger, more established firms um, that are really viewing this uh, this workspace solution and this kind of work life balance solution as something that they can take advantage of, um, especially when dealing with uh situations like uh, needing a, a satellite office in San Francisco when you're a New York firm um, and you have a a team of you know six or seven and that's something uh industry wide that I think every space can can agree, has, has been happening and has been a really interesting phenomenon that's, I would say, taken place in the last uh, two or so years.
1: Well, it's also a really great way to help subsidize um, for the the startups and the smaller companies. These okay. larger companies can support mm-hmm. various infrastructure Getting into ecosystem itself, this is a really interesting space. Is it a floor within the building, but there's also a nightclub and an art gallery?
0: We have um, three different or four different separate businesses that all uh, inhabit one space. Uh, so the first level of our um, of our building is the uh, Temple Nightclub. It's a large nightclub in San Francisco. Uh, the second floor is exclusively ecosystem co-working. And then the third floor is uh, a shared space between ecosystem and the Miris art gallery, uh, which is a, um, just a full functioning art gallery that exists within the co-working space. Uh, So there's actual co-working um, seats and spaces within that gallery. Um, And then also on the first floor, we have the hive coffee bar and uh, that's our, uh, our newest business that uh, runs downstairs. And that's that's been a lot of fun, uh, just having a full food service and coffee service and bar uh, all in one uh, downstairs from the space. So we can offer our members uh, fun uh, discounts.
1: And I'm assuming these other companies that are in this building help Feed into the co-working help drive foot traffic.
0: Absolutely. So uh, we always make sure to advertise down in Hive, but we also have folks coming in regularly for the gallery, uh, and as well as and also the the nightclub brings in uh, events and other clientele that we can uh, you know just talk to about the space and offer our services to. Um, so it really the the synergy between those uh, those different factors is really the brainchild of. Uh, Uh, Paul Hemming, who's the owner of all of these uh, different properties, this is really what he envisioned was a space where these um, very separate, very different types of businesses can all feed into one another and help each other succeed and provide a a service that's pretty unique uh, in terms of coworking.
1: Yeah, you said that uh, at the beginning of the call that ecosystem is, is an entirely different experience than in your previous co-working experiences. Can you touch a little bit on about that and what has been so different and unique with ecosystem?
0: Absolutely. Um, so a lot of it has to do with uh, uh, with the inclusion of those uh, other businesses running um really just side by side with us. Uh, from a work standpoint, uh, I have colleagues who are all accomplishing very different goals uh, throughout the day, uh, but we all um, work together really well to um, to just help one another succeed. And then in terms of how we uh, curate our community and how we uh, run our community, and manage our space, and provide for our members, um, we're really able to do so with this uh, foundation, uh, this foundation that is very creative, very collaborative, um, just in terms of the, the art, the entertainment. Uh, we can really provide uh, a really vibrant experience uh, that I I think the members really catch on to, and I think the best part is that for those folks looking for just your traditional co working atmosphere, um, and uh, still a co working atmosphere that I would say is exceptionally welcoming, uh, they can get that too. And they if if they don't really care about the other stuff, they don't really have to worry about it. But for the folks that that do and are interested. Uh, They've got uh, an opportunity to see some great art, listen to some great music, uh, get a drink with their friends when they're done working. Uh, They can just really just take advantage of this atmosphere.
1: Does the name ecosystem, is it referencing all of these different types of like the arts and business and music, or is it more referencing environmental consciousness and health and well-being?
0: It's really a little bit of both um the uh we absolutely um pride ourselves in f- uh functioning uh in a sustainable and environmentally friendly way um and on the other note the the actual atmosphere itself is very dynamic uh is very unique and flexible kind of like like a, like an ecosystem. You know, we have so many different elements and so many different people, uh, all working around each other, all, uh, pursuing their own goals, but as a whole, uh, contributing to the, the atmosphere itself and really making the community, uh, making the community great and making the community what it is every day.
1: And how long has ecosystem been around?
0: Ecosystem has been around about four years now, four or five years.
1: All right, and what would you say currently is your biggest challenge? You know, I think
0: a lot of it has to do with uh like I think any coworking uh facilitator would agree. a lot of challenges have to do with uh space fulfillment and just uh space augmentation, so we're really trying to find ways to uh just comfortably satisfy as as many folks as we possibly can, so uh that includes some you know infrastructural changes and uh you know literally just like moving furniture around and things like that um and just really putting our brains to the task of uh you know making this space everything that can be for as many people as it can
1: Hmm. yes flexibility in space especially when it's a shared workspace is huge Do you have a favorite piece of furniture that tends to be super flexible and just works in every situation? And then maybe another piece that is just a constant nuisance for you?
0: I can actually give you three because I can't lie. My favorite piece of furniture in the space is an R, our, uh, Large beanbag chairs, I love them. They're fantastic, but in terms of in terms of versatility, um, they really provide just like one goal. For my favorite, I would say that uh, we have these tall tabletops. They're great. They're versatile. We have tall chairs for them. So if you want to sit at them, that's great. If you want to stand at them, that's great. Uh, They're rectangular. They can fit quite a few people. Um, I think those serve many purposes and then for tricky ones i'll be honest with you i've never been a fan of like medium-sized square tables they seem to be large enough to fit a few people but they only ever end up serving like one person Mm -hmm. at a time it just kind of end up being a, a waste of space my suggestion is go circular get circular tables people are more uh willing to work collaboratively at those.
1: I agree with you that the the like awkward size square tables, it can be difficult to have a conversation with someone if you're sitting across from them.
0: By the way, I never thought I'd be on a podcast talking about (laughs) furniture. At any point in my life. So this <laughs> is great. Is great, Yeah.
1: So, so many different things you can talk about when it comes to shared workspaces totally. from community to like supporting the innovations that come out of the spaces. Mm-hmm. What are some success stories that you've seen out of ecosystem that just have made you really excited about collaborative working?
0: The pretty well-known uh, company in San Francisco, it's called Ease. Uh, and uh, it's a cannabis delivery company. They really got their start here, and they're a very large company now. Um, kind of outgrew the space. We have a great company uh, called Next Step. Um, works in digital advertising. Uh, you know they've grown their their employee base exponentially since they've been here. Just a lot of like little things like that. I'd say, and that's really what I focus mostly on. I love the big success stories, and we do have some of those here, but I I just love seeing teams grow. And I love seeing uh, new people come in and uh, seeing companies come in as one or two people and then go to three and go to six and go to nine. And then they have to leave and go find their own office space. Um, That's really what we're in it for. And even, and on that note as well, uh, just the collaboration between uh, different companies uh, and different individual members of the space is really by and large, uh, why I'm here and why I love doing this. Um, even on the tiniest levels, even just two folks meeting at a happy hour and one of them decides to write an article about the other one, uh, that kind of stuff, uh, really just makes this Mm. great.
1: Now this might be (laughs) another tough question for you, so you can take a minute to think about it, but, um, What is one innovative product, service, or idea that you've come across recently that excited you?
0: So I'm working in a phone booth right now that's provided by a company called Zenbooth. They've been wonderful to work with um, through and through. And uh, we actually have uh, quite a few um, individual phone booths from them. And that is... Uh, just the ease of service and the ease of installation and planning um, from a coworking standpoint has been really innovative compared to other projects I've dealt with in the past in terms of uh, installing uh, large scale services for a coworking space. They're just, they're just these simple little phone booths that they install. They've got great ventilation in anyway. So that's been one thing. Um, and I would say another product that, really hit us in a great way was uh, uh, a machine called a, a bevy. It's like a, it's like a water dispenser that dispenses like flavored mm-hmm. water, sparkling water. Um, it is by far really? everybody's favorite wow. <laughs> addition to this space uh, in, I've actually never, I don't think I've ever seen such a uh, passionate reaction to something or in, in addition to a co working space uh, ever. So highly recommend that as well. Now, I guess those are, you know, water and phone booths and things like that might not necessarily be super new or innovative products, but I suppose just the the my experience with the companies themselves have just been so great that I would I would okay. love to give them a yeah, shout out. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Anytime you can make yeah. something easier, so installing a phone booth made it super easy. I'd say that's mm-hmm. a progress. That's innovation. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. If, so uh, we have a listener who comes to San Francisco. They can swing by your space and find it at eco-system. That's dot right. mcom